Tonight we want to um, continue our, our thoughts and our series, um, Life Choices That Every Believer Should Practice. Life Choices That Every Believer Should Practice. Tonight we're going to study the thought process of making wise choices. Making wise choices. Um, turn with me in your copy of the scripture. We're going to go here um, in just a minute, but I'll let you turn there right now. Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. Tonight's study will go hand in hand with the message from last Sunday and last week here. We talked about moral boundaries. Um, because we must make wise decisions in our life based on the Word of God to fulfill all that Christ has for us. Um, If you're interested, I know last week when we talked about boundaries, I gave you a resource, um, the book called Boundaries by Dr. Henry Cloud. Um, That would be a good read for you when it comes to boundaries. I'm giving you another one tonight as it talks about if you're interested in kind of studying a little bit more and reading a little bit more about our wise decision choices. This is a, a book um, from Andy Stanley. It's entitled The Best Question Ever. The Best Question Ever. And um, if you're interested in this, um, see me afterward, and I can probably even let you borrow this copy um, as long as you sign five or six waiver forms. And I'm, I'm kidding. Um, so, um, yeah, if you're interested in that, um, make sure that you see me afterward. We're going to talk a little bit about that tonight, um, and I'll get to that. I'm just thinking about, do I want to, if I tell you what the best question ever is, you won't want to read the book. Um, but uh, I'll, I'll just give you a hint. It deals with making wise choices, because um, I wouldn't have said it. it wouldn't be collaborated. Anyway. Let me ask a question. How many of you have made at least one foolish decision in your life? <laughs> some, some of us are putting both hands up, right? Um, I, I think that's probably everybody. Um, the one question in regard to that that I have tonight is this. Did you learn anything from that so that you wouldn't repeat it again? Now, it probably depends on what you did and how old you were and, and your maturity level and your age level. But the reality is what we're trying to do in our walk with Christ, there are times we're going to mess up. There are times we're going to make decisions that they weren't wise decisions. But my prayer is that as we study this and we learn from this tonight is that those decisions that you made, we don't repeat. We learn from them. Part of spiritual growth, part of making uh, life choices, that's kind of this whole deal again, is, is life choices. Part of that is learning from our mistakes and making, um, making conscious efforts and decisions to not repeat those. Um, you might have heard of, of this man. He's a well-known youth speaker. His name is Reggie Dabbs. Um, Reggie Dabbs did a public school assembly on the power of choices. And he talks about decisions that we make every day. And those decisions that you make every day have a lasting effect on your life. Um, But there's a concept here that I I hope we understand when it comes to this. Because you can 
judging by the show of hands tonight, we've all made foolish decisions and choices. And you have a choice to stay in the past and continue to dwell in those, or you can move forward. There's a a saying that goes something like this, you can't change your past, but you can change your future. You can't change your where you've been, but you can change where you're going. You can't change yesterday, but you can change tomorrow. And that thought process is, is where we're going to hit tonight. Um, one thing that I have learned in my life is that every decision that I make has a consequence, whether good or bad. Every decision I make has a consequence, whether good or bad whether it's choosing to put on deodorant for the day and take a shower, that could have a good. Or if I choose not to, it could have a bad. It's simple, right? But what if the choice is something like this, choosing whether to be forgiving even when someone hurts you? The choice of maintaining a vehicle so it lasts longer. We choose to change our diet so that we're healthier. We choose to treat someone with either respect and unkindness or uh, disrespect and unkindness or respect and kindness. We choose to slander or gossip. We choose to sin and to those choices that we make, there are consequences. Some of those consequences are long-lasting. You choose to have sexual relations prior to marriage, and now you're a single parent. Or maybe you suffer with an STD. You choose to rob a bank, and now you're unable to find work now that you've gotten out of prison. Sometimes our decisions have long-lasting consequences. But let me tell you something that's awesome here. The great thing about God. The great thing about God, it is in the spiritual realm He loves us, and he is merciful to us. He shows us grace and mercy and forgives us of our sins, and the Bible says he cleanses us from all unrighteousness. Those things that you have done in the past, those sins, those things that have have been a part of those poor choices that we make, God takes those things, and when we ask for forgiveness, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all of that. And not only does he forgive us, he forgets it. That's the cool thing about God. And God also has the power that he can right the wrongs of poor choices that we make. But can I give you a little heads up? He's not bound to do that. He's not bound to do that. More often times than not, we are still faced to reap the consequences of what we've sown. There's a passage of scripture that goes something like this. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that will he reap. So I want us to look tonight. If we're going to be sowing and reaping, if we're going to be taking this idea of making wise choices, let's look at this passage of Scripture as we get kicked off tonight with this. It's in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15. It says this, Be very careful then how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. I believe the Apostle Paul here is encouraging the believers in Ephesus to examine 
all of life through the lens of wisdom. He instructs them, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. If you were to look up that term careful, that term careful actually brings the idea of scoping out a situation. Be very careful. Scope out a situation. God wants us to learn how to anticipate trouble and not walk blindly into it. Did you catch that? God wants you to learn how to anticipate trouble and not just walk blindly into it. To recognize the things that are harmful to you, not just your physical man, but your spiritual and emotional self as well. To recognize those things before it's too late and to learn to avoid them. We live in the days, the days we live in are very evil. I don't know if you realize that or not. They were, Paul talks about how they were evil back then. How crazy they were back then. And as time has passed, can I tell you, the world has not gotten less evil since those days. We live in a dangerous world. A world that tries to destroy us. It tries to destroy our minds. It wants to destroy our bodies. It wants to destroy our relationships. Uh, why is that? Because the ruler of the world has a purpose. The devil came to steal, kill, and destroy. And if he's the prince of the world, then that's his motivation. That's what he's about. And because we live in such a place, we have to be on our guard with choices. It's no, re- no, um, no wonder Paul says this. He says, don't be foolish. Do not be foolish. In other words, understand what's at stake and what is going on around you as you look and make decisions about your life. You know, I think sometimes we as Christians don't see the whole picture. I see, think we get so consumed with just our narrow-minded focus that we've, we neglect to see the whole picture. And let's be really truthful tonight. A lot of us, and I'm not asking for a show of hands or anything about this, but a lot of us make decisions, even as Christians, based on our own selfish wants and desires, don't we? Has nothing really to do with the grand scheme of things, of doing things for the kingdom. Has nothing really to do with things for God. It's just all about what we feel like advances our thought process, advances us up the ladder, advances us however we can get ahead. Um, and, and a lot of times, those kind of mindsets, even though most of those, maybe some of those aren't evil per se, they cause us to lose focus and they cause us to lose the the the. Um, the word I'm looking for is right on the back of my brain. Um, urgency of the moment that we live. It causes us to lose that because we've become distracted. Paul's saying this, don't be foolish. 
about the days that you live in. Look around you. Take a look at the things that are going on around you. Make decisions based on, we're going to talk about how to make good decisions here in just a minute. I'm going to give you some action steps with that. But make decisions based on your life with Christ, not just your life in general. You know, a lot of times we kind of bail that out and say, well, I'm thinking about my family. Can I tell you this, just being real? If you'll make decisions about your life with Christ, your family will come into play behind it. It goes something like this. If you put God as the top priority, God then has this remarkable thing of being able to put things in place where they need to go behind him. Does that make sense? Because if you're seeking God and loving God and you become focused on what he wants you to do and making those decisions, the things of earth grow strangely dim. The days are evil. Um, Most of us that are here tonight understand the concept. Maybe you've even heard this quote said before. We are one decision away from doing irreversible damage to our lives and to our relationships. One decision away. Time and maturity has taught us that. Many of us in this room tonight, you have scars. Well, they may not be visible. I have some visible scars that taught me not to ride my big wheel too close to my grandma's car. 39, 40 years later, I still have it. But some of us have scars you can't see because of decisions that either we've made or other people have made that have affected us. Wisdom is one of God's primary tools for navigating this life. And when I say wisdom, what I mean by that is this. Wisdom, true wisdom, does not come from a man. The Bible talks about it. Um, You read the book of Proverbs. He talks about wisdom. Um, Proverbs says this, He who trusts in himself is a fool, but he who walks in wisdom is kept safe. Wisdom is something that we should pray for. It's something we should seek after. It's something that we can use as the Lord imparts that to us as we grow in our walk with him. And it filters our choices by asking ourselves this question. Is this the wise thing to do? Is this the wise thing to do? He who trusts in himself is a fool, but he who walks in wisdom is kept safe. We're going to get back to that scripture here in just a minute. Any comments, any thoughts that you guys have so far with what we're talking about? I'm not asking you to share life stories, but... Can you attest that some of these things that we're talking about tonight are true? I think if the body of Christ, if we will learn to get our focus together and we'll start making decisions that affect kingdom purposes and our walk with God, it will advance your life with the Lord. You will grow exponentially in your walk with God. You will come closer to God than you've ever been before. I'm convinced of this thought. Someone once told me this. I think it was about six years ago. You have as much of God as you want right now in your life. 
And the reason why you have as much of God as that is because of the choices and decisions that we have made that reflect that. Let me give you some thoughts tonight, and by no means is this an exhaustive list. But as I was studying and just thinking and praying about this, I came up with some things of how do I make wise decisions? Um, And again, this is not an exhaustive list, but maybe it'll help um, some of you tonight. Uh, The first one is this. Oftentimes, making wise decisions and choices are the byproduct of having the evidence of growing the fruit of the Spirit in your life. Making wise decisions and choices are the byproduct of having the evidence of growing fruit of the Spirit in your life. Think about it for just a minute. That analogy of by saying and doing this, will it reveal the love of God that I have in my heart? By reacting instead of being patient, kind, peaceful, will it cause more damage than good? By not being able to control my emotions, my thoughts, my actions, am I repelling people from God or am I attracting them to Him? Those kind of things as you start to make decisions. Am I repelling people from God or am I attracting people to Him? The next one is this. By listening and acting on the Holy Spirit's conviction. By listening and acting, it's not just one, it's both. Listen and act, kind of what we talked about tonight, being willing to act on the Holy Spirit's convictions. Times when you know you should do it um, and you walk away and don't, or times when you know you shouldn't and you do it anyway. The Holy Spirit's trying to speak into our lives. The question is, are we ignoring him and choosing to ignore that voice to do our own thing? I'll guarantee you this. If you will listen to the voice of the Spirit, because prayer isn't just us communicating words to God, it's also listening for what the Holy Spirit speaks to our heart. And if we will come to the place where we make prayer, not only about what we say, but about what we hear, and we act on those things, I guarantee you, God's a lot wiser than we are. Third is this, and this is probably an overveloping thing of that, is put God in your decision-making process. Put God in your decision-making process. Filter your choices through his word. Pray about relationships and decisions that you make prior to making them. Um, You know, there's a concept in the Bible that talks about being full of the Spirit. And if you're going to be full of the Spirit, then there's no room for flesh because that's just by nature. You can't be full of one thing and add more to it. Um, It's either all full or it's part full and you're adding something of yourself to it. If we're going to be full of the Spirit, you got to be just, it's full of God and there's no room for anything else. It's like going to the gas station, filling up your car. And getting it all the way to the top where it almost run, where it runs over. You can't put anything else in it, can you? It's going to run on the ground. It's the same thing, principle. You can't put anything else in. You want to be full of God. You know, I, I know we all struggle with the idea of us. We get in the way of this a lot of times. You know, we're going to continue to struggle in that probably in your life, as we've kind of talked about tonight. Um, 
It does time. It, it just it gets doesn't get any easier. But the more that I allow God into my mind, the more I allow God into my life. Hopefully, the more choices that are filled with His desires rather than my own. Oftentimes, I think we kind of look at holiness this way. I think we look at holiness as something that constricts us when we make choices that, oh, God said we can't. You know, and how many of you heard that from people? Man, it's just a bunch of rules. It's God says we can't. We right? Well, the reality of it is, holiness doesn't constrict us; it frees us. Think about that for a minute. I think we've got our concepts all wrong. Walking in holiness with God doesn't constrict; it frees. It liberates. Um, it's not a list of do's and don'ts, but an opportunity for abundant life in Christ, setting us free from the sin that so easily entangles us, as Hebrew says. The next one is this. Be willing to humble yourself. Be willing to humble yourself. Pride is one of the most incredible nemesis of making decisions in our life. Humble yourself. Um, humility doesn't just happen. Humility is a byproduct of being in the presence of God. Because our pride is what you're born into, and we must humble ourselves and die to ourselves to, est- to est- get the place where we can really have humility. Um, Don't be afraid of the words, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. You're not going to make every decision right. But we have to humble ourselves and apologize when we do mess up. The next one kind of goes along with what uh, the message was last week. Set boundaries that assist you in not repeating the same bad choices. Put fences up and boundaries in place in your life. You'll never be able to grow in your relationship with God. And and any attempt to increase your commitment level will be futile as long as you continue to live your life right on the line of sin. Never happen. Next is this. Set a plan. Set a plan. The sad thing is, is a lot of church thoughts is this. Here's our plan. Now, don't you make no more bad choices. Don't you do that again. Right? When in reality, part of the plan should be us as the body of Christ embracing and saying, hey, I used to struggle with that. Let's, let's walk through this together. You know, I've had some things that have gone wrong in my life. I've had some bad choices. I've made some bad decisions, but, you know, it's going to be okay. Let's work on this together. Set a plan. It's been my experience this. Most people don't plan to get in trouble. They don't plan to get in trouble. Um, The consequences of sin always seem to surprise us, don't we? How did I get here? I don't know I didn't plan to do this. How did this happen? Ever heard that before? 
God promises that when we walk wisely, he will protect us. It says it right there. He will be kept safe in Proverbs. What's he protect us from? He protects us from guilt. He protects us from um, memories. He protects us from a bad reputation, from impurity. He protects us from scars. But I think a lot of times if we don't have this plan set in place, a plan to search the scripture, a plan to go after God, a plan to include people in our lives that can help us, a plan that we can surround ourselves with with godly things and godly examples and godly people, if you don't have a plan, there's an old say, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. I think that's so true, even with making decisions in our life. I've never met anyone who planned to be an alcoholic or a drug addict. I've never met anyone who planned to get arrested or planned to ruin their life. But I have met people who have never planned not to. To walk wisely, we must be proactive and plan what we will allow what we will not allow, the people that we surround ourselves with, and the commitment level we're going to have to the Lord and His Scriptures and put boundaries in place. And then the final one is this. I have to recognize that I have no wisdom in myself. If you turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 3, Paul kind of talks about that. He says this in verse 18. He says, Do not deceive yourselves. If any of you think you are wise by standards of this age, you should become fools so that you may become wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness in God's sight. As it is written, He catches the wise in their craftiness. And again, the Lord knows that the thoughts of the wise are futile. So then no more boasting about human leaders, all things are yours, whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or the world or life or death or the present or the future, all are yours and, all, and you are all of Christ and Christ is of God. That idea that I have no wisdom in myself, that idea that all things of this world are foolishness in God's sight. As we kind of conclude our time together, I want us to just look at the last part of the Ephesians passage that we started with tonight. He says, therefore, do not be foolish, but he says this, but understand what God's will is. Understand what God's will is. Can I ask you a question tonight? What's God's will for your life? I think sometimes we get that huge thought process of, God's will and we have to have a dream or a vision and he has to open up the tablets and pages and we have to go to sleep tonight and just have the right food combination and drink and everything else and God will speak to us tonight and then that's God's will for my life. God does give direct things like that. He does. But more times than not, there are some very specific things that you can know what God's will is for your life. So what are those things? What's God's will for your life? It's not a loaded question, I promise. To glorify Him, okay? To lift Him up. I believe that God's will for our life is that we love Him with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. 
That's God's will for your life. To do justly, to love mercy. Yeah, walk humbly with our God. What is God's will for your life? I believe God's will is that we should love people. God's will is that none should perish, but all should go to everlasting life. God's will is that I share the hope that I have inside of me with other people. Share my faith with, with those that are lost. That's God's will for my life. I don't have to question that. God, are you giving me an opportunity to share? Should I go share my faith with that lost person? I'm going to tell you right now what the answer is. Yes. Yes. Let the Holy Spirit lead you in what you should say, but yes. I believe it's God's will that I live a holy life. I believe it's God's will that I live a life that's set apart for him. And I believe that it's God's will that the decisions that I make should reflect the change that's taken place in me. The Bible talks about, in, and I close with this passage tonight, the Bible talks about in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, um, verses 16 through 21. I'm going to close with this passage of Scripture tonight. Um, as soon as I get there. It says this, So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though once we regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone, the new is here. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore on you Christ, you on Christ's behalf be reconciled to God. God made himself who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. The decisions that I used to make, the things that I have used to do, I made a decision to follow Christ. And so now the decisions that I make now, I want to reflect the decision I made to follow Christ, not based on the old life I used to live. Old things passed away. I'm a new person, man. When I came to Christ, I'm a new creation. Praise the Lord. Because my old one, he was pretty nasty, beat up, goofy, sinful. But thank God, he who knew no sin became sin for us. Let's have a word of prayer tonight. Father, I thank you, Lord. Um, I know that all of us in this room, <laughs> you know, we preach on making wise decisions and wise choices. And God, I know we should. But for all of us, it's a struggle. Because, uh, Lord, of where we live, but God, I pray that you would help us to not conform to the world's way of thinking and the world's doing. But God, I pray that as, as we grow with you and as we begin to mature in our walk with you, that our decision-making ability becomes um, not just us, but we have the wisdom of God. And we, God, are seeking after you, and you light our path. Lord, you said that the steps of righteous people are ordered to the Lord. And God, you direct our steps, you direct our decisions, 
God, I believe that with all my heart. And I thank you tonight. Help us to be not unwise, but wise, making the most of every opportunity that you give us and not be foolish tonight. God, we praise you. We thank you, Lord, for this evening. Be with us next week, we pray, and throughout this week as we look for opportunities. We look for those opportunities to share our faith. We love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.